0: welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. I'm your host Steph Clark and each week I bring you the three best big ideas from the best non-fiction books that I've been reading and I've just been doing the reading so you don't have to. It's a great way of finding out about some of the books you might be thinking about reading, maybe giving yourself a little bit of a taster before deciding to commit to reading the whole thing. This week's episode is the first book of 2021 that I've been talking about, it's had a couple of different special episodes over the last few weeks, and it's the book Upstream by Dan Heath. Before I go into a little bit about the book and the author, I kind of wish if I had 2020 again, which obviously nobody wants to do, and I'm not certainly wishing that on myself or anyone else... had my 2020 again i wish i'd read this book a little bit earlier because i think it might have actually gone into one of my top books of the year it's certainly up there anyway it didn't quite make it into my top five because i did my top five a couple of weeks earlier than the end of the year and i read this one just a few days before the year was out and what i really liked about it was that it's incredibly practical and i know i've said that many times before on the podcast but i do like a practical book and also a bit shocking, and I think that is a good balance of, of not for nonfiction is a mixture of things that are going to make you a little bit shocked and think about, how does this still exist? Why does this still happen? And also give you practical solutions and ways of dealing with it. Before I get into the book and the author, just a quick note, because I have a new website, stephsbusinessbookshelf.com has had a little bit of an overhaul over the New Year's kind of Christmas break, and there's a few different features on there. So if you are enjoying the podcast, if you're getting value from it, if you've been listening for a little while and it's helped you make some bookish decisions, you can head over and you can actually buy me a coffee. Now, I don't actually drink coffee, but sadly, this can't be renamed to buy me a tea. But anyway, you can click on the button to buy me a coffee, throw a couple of dollars in to support the podcast and help basically keep me in a tea and book habit. That'd be great. But stephsbusinessbookshelf.com is is the website there's a link in the show notes and as well you can get all the show notes all of the previous episodes and a couple of other bits of information and links there as well if you're ever looking for something on the podcast or looking to go back to a previous episode that is the home and the place to do so all right let's get into the book upstream by Dan Heath New York Times best-selling author Dan Heath examines how to prevent problems before they happen drawing on insights from hundreds of interviews with unconventional problem solvers. So often in life, we get stuck in a cycle of response. We put out fires, we deal with emergencies, and we stay downstream, handling one problem after another. But we never make our way upstream to fix the systems that cause the problems in the first place. Cops chase robbers, and doctors treat patients with chronic diseases, and call center reps address customer complaints but crime and chronic disease and customer complaints are preventable. So why do our efforts skew so heavily towards reaction rather than prevention? Upstream explores the psychological forces that push us downstream. And Heath introduces us to the thinkers who have overcome these obstacles and scored massive victories by switching to an upstream mindset including an online travel company website which prevented 20 million customer service calls every year by making a couple of tweaks to their booking system, and a European nation that almost eliminated teenage alcohol and drug abuse by deliberately changing the nation's culture. A little bit about the author, Dan Heath is the co-author along with his brother Chip, as you may have heard of Dan Heath off of Chip and Dan Heath, of four New York Times bestsellers, Made to Stick, Switch, Decisive, and The Power of Moments. The Heath's books have sold over 3 million copies worldwide and translated into 33 languages. Heath is a senior fellow at Duke's University Case Center, which supports entrepreneurs who are fighting for social good, and he is a graduate of the University of Texas and Harvard Business School. He now lives in Durham, North Carolina. Okay, with that nice introduction over, let's get into the three big ideas I took from the book Upstream by Dan Heath. Big idea number one is a culture of downstream. And as you would have heard in that little intro, there was a conversation or a point there around the country, which was actually Iceland, which changed their culture, which created a a huge upstream impact, which prevented teenage drug and alcohol problems and the associated issues that come with that. The the book starts, and if you hear Dan talking about a podcast, uh, talking on a podcast about this book, he generally shares this little parable that starts the book which is the story about a river. And there's a couple of guys at the river. They're sat on the riverbank doing some fishing, hanging out. And suddenly a child appears downstream and is struggling. So one of the the, the guys goes, oh no, and jumps in, saves the child. Pull the child out and they're like, phew, that was that was lucky. A few minutes later, another child comes down. And so they jump back in, pull out the child. And this keeps happening. After a little while, the guys are getting pretty exhausted of pulling these kids out. And so one of the guys starts walking upstream and the other shouts out to him, says, hey, where are you going? He says, I'm going to go and find the, the person who's throwing these kids in the river. So this goes to show, and this is such a perfect example of most organizations and a lot of us, this is what we're dealing with. We are saving the kids in the river without actually going and finding out who on earth is throwing them in, in the first place, or how are they falling in, in the first place. But the other problem, which has come to this culture part, is that downstream, the heroes, it's the heroes who get lauded. It's those guys pulling the kids out of the river that get the the celebration, they get the parade thrown for them. Those are the ones that we celebrate. And this is obviously not to say that those working in those front lines, the firefighters, the paramedics, et cetera, who are the ones who are very much downstream to issues, shouldn't be applauded for what they do. But we're probably over relying on that reaction to to situations or to problems. And it is systemic. There was a really interesting, I found this fascinating point in the book where it looks at healthcare in particular, and it looks at the US versus Norway. Now, the very interesting thing to, to know about this is, yeah, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, you know, Norway's a smaller country, etc. Both the US and Norway spend almost exactly the amount as a percentage of their GDP on their health system. But the way it is allocated is very different. So for, in Norway, they spend $1, for every $1 they spend downstream, they spend $2.50 upstream. And that starts with, that starts from before you're born. It starts with Better healthcare options and free healthcare options for pregnant women. It starts from free education and, and very generous allowances for people to take time off work to raise their children. Compared to the US, again, reminding that the US spend the same amount of money as a percentage of GDP on healthcare as Norway. U.S. is one for one. So for every dollar they're spending downstream, they're spending a dollar upstream. So there's not much in the way of prevention. Now, the, the upside of that is the U.S. are very strong in some of their reactionary medicine. So, for example, there's a point in the book that no one waits more than about six months for a knee replacement, whereas in maybe other countries that's less the case because they're good at the downstream stuff. But what that obviously also means is there is a huge amount of systemic problems and money being spent on things that could be prevented with a different weighting of the of the spend so we see this in our organizations we see it in our lives we certainly see it in policy in government and public practice so why don't we do more about it so that's big idea number one a culture of downstream big idea number two is the barriers to upstream thinking there's three barriers that dan sets out in the book the first one is problem blindness So if we can't see the problem or we accept it as the inevitable reality of doing that type of business, working in that industry of life, we probably won't try to change it because we are blind to the problem. This very quickly leads into problem number two or barrier number two, which is a lack of ownership. This whole, it's not my job type mentality. The example, one of the examples in the book from Expedia was a $200 million problem that they had that people were having to phone the the call center. This is a a few years ago. They had to phone the call center to get a reminder email for their booking, their confirmation email of their booking. Because what often would happen is people would delete it, they would lose it, it just kind of went missing. So they came close to their trip and they had to call the call center to pull off their, their confirmation. The issue was, or there was many issues, but one of the issues was people couldn't self-serve that. There was no option on the website for them to reprint or regenerate their, their confirmation email. So this was a problem. This was causing something like 60% of the calls that they were fielding at about $10. It roughly worked out about $10 per call was the kind of cost to serve of, of the call center calls. So in a year, they were spending $200 million on serving these calls that just didn't need to come in or, such, or so few of them needed to come in. But the problem was, it wasn't anyone's job to find that. So whilst the call centre workers knew that this was a very significant proportion of the calls they were taking was for this problem, there was no one really to field that, that to and say, hey, I've noticed this. It was also not in everyone's interest to do that. So actually with upstream work, if you do it well, some of the teams or some people might not need—they might not need to exist, or teams or jobs might not need to exist anymore. So it's not always in people's interest to even work upstream. Now, yes, of course, that can be, then be redirected in different ways, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but that threat creates a big barrier. That's not my job. So that's problem number two, or barrier number two, is a lack of ownership. And then the third one is tunneling, which basically comes from this overwhelm. So we want to move forward, so we make a bad decision which then creates a a chain of problems and bad decisions down the line. So example in the book was someone taking a high interest loan to avoid today's problem, a, a bill comes in or something needs to be paid, and they're a few days off from their, pay, their next paycheck coming in. So they take a payday loan or a, a high interest loan just to get some initial or some, some immediate cash. But obviously then that compounds, that problem compounds very quickly and creates a bigger problem even in a week's time, never mind in a year or, or three years time. So this tunneling creates this tunnel, tunnel vision. We're overwhelmed, we just want to move forward. So we make the, the decision that seems like a good idea at the time, but creates many problems further downstream over time. Those are the three barriers in big idea number two, problem, blindness, lack of ownership and tunneling. Big idea number three is the questions you should be asking. So there's seven questions. This is the really practical part of the book I like. So part the big idea number one and two are really the bits that made me go, oh, this is horrendous. How does this still happen? And why are we still operating in this way, even though it's it's pervasive across organizations and, and industries and countries? Part three is this or it's actually section two of the book, are the questions you should be asking. Now, if I was to summarize all of them or, you know, to come up with another big idea, it could have been around collaboration because of some, some of the most amazing changes that were or challenges that were overcome in the book came from agencies, generally government agencies, working in complex systems, actually working together and doing it on a person by person basis, not we've got a million people who are, who are having this particular issue, but Jack has this problem or Amanda has this problem. And this was specifically in the areas of homelessness and domestic violence that they talked about in the book. And, and it was phenomenal. The way they worked together and the way they broke down some of those barriers and asked the right questions created the change, but it only came through the collaboration of the right people. So some of the questions you should be asking is how will you unite the right people, as I just mentioned? How will you change the system? Just a big existential one there. Where can you find a point of leverage? How will you get early warning of the problem? How will you know you're succeeding? How will you avoid doing harm? And who will pay for what does not happen? And that last question is is really interesting and, and very relevant because for some reason it's often hard to justify proactive spending on things like, I don't know, extra personal protective equipment in case a pandemic breaks out or training in case of a hurricane off of the Gulf Coast. Now, all of those things ended up happening. And in some cases, it's hard to actually show what didn't happen or the relationship between the upstream work that happened and what was done because maybe that thing just didn't happen. So if you do all that prep work, so take that hurricane example, if you do all that prep work and you manage to save more lives or you manage to prevent more homes being destroyed because of a a better evacuation plan and that this was actually one of the examples in the book as well it's very hard to say well actually more houses would have been destroyed or more lives would have been lost if we hadn't done these things because that obviously didn't happen so how do you prove that it could have happened or maybe it just wouldn't have happened so anyway so this is makes it really hard for, particularly for governments, to justify this proactive spending and, and, and not just spending of, of money, but also the time it takes to put proactive plans in place. So it does go to show, and if any, probably if 2020 taught us anything, it does go to show that there is a need for an element of prudence when it comes to upstream thinking and upstream activity. It also comes back to culture and what do we or what do you value in that organization, in that country, and what's going to cause a bigger problem. There was actually an example, it was actually in the, the hurricane example with the the training almost they did for Hurricane Katrina. There was further training that could have happened, and this was the case actually in a couple of different situations, there was extra training that could have happened and would have cost maybe ten dollars to $15,000 for some, you know, the kind of logistics of doing a big training session of flights and accommodation and those kinds of things. And that wasn't done because spending ten dollars or $15,000 was just too much money. The impact of that or the potential impact of that not happening and what happened as a result of those people not having been trained was in the millions and tens of millions of dollars that then had to be spent as a result of those plans not being put in place or that final step not being taken. Now, obviously, that only that is only compelling in hindsight because you know what happened because it then happened. If it doesn't, it's it's hard to justify or it can be hard to justify. So that's big idea number three, which is the questions to ask and, and a, probably a particular focus on The collaboration, who, how are we going to unite the right people and how are we going to pay for what doesn't happen? How are we going to justify a more upstream thinking and align that to what is valued? So that's the three big ideas. Big idea number one, a culture of downstream. Big idea number two, the barriers being problem, blindness, a lack of ownership and tunneling, and big idea number three, the questions to ask, particularly around bringing people together and justifying upstream thinking. So again, that's the three big ideas from the book Upstream by Dan Heath. Massively recommend this. If you are thinking about having a bit of a shake up in your organization and thinking about doing things differently, and you've noticed a bit of a trend for more reactive thinking, would hugely recommend this book. And it's a it's a really enjoyable read, it's a it's a compelling read. Really good case studies in there that show big complex problems being solved by these kinds of interventions in an upstream way and with the right people doing that and the right sponsorship. So it's pretty uplifting as well as being slightly depressing in places. So we'd recommend it will, it's probably a good one as well if a team wants to read it. It'd be a good one for your, your team book club to read as you and then to all come together afterwards and think about, oh, how can we apply this or what did we learn or what did it make you think differently about that we are doing in an organization or as a team. So something else to think about as well. If you are thinking about doing a team book club or thinking about adding a reading list to any of your development programs or your team building over the next few months do give me a shout happy to help advise on some of that and think about which books are going to make the difference and be compelling reads for your outcomes. You can easily connect me on LinkedIn or on Instagram all the links as usual are in the show notes just drop me a note but otherwise until next time happy reading.